Hey everyone. You know, I did a video <laughs> on the job yesterday, not yesterday, but on the job basically late last year, around last year, I believe. Where, and, and I've talked about this in text as well, of what is the lustful milk gag? You know, you know, what is it? And I talked about this several times, but I'm sure a lot of people are still wondering, well, what's so important about this gag? Why is this lustful milk gag used? You know, how did it come to be? What's the point of it? Well, that's what that thing is. What is the lustful milk gag? That question came to be. But why is the lustful milk gag around? Why does it exist? Well, I'll tell you why. I'm going to answer that here. You see, the lustful milk gag exists as a metaphor, if you will, as a visual metaphor. Let me give you an example. About 27 years, about 27 years ago, about 20 years ago, a little over that, there was a CBS sitcom called Major Dad. Now, a few episodes in, the main character, the Major Dad, and his fiance were on a getaway together. Not a honeymoon, but a getaway. And as they snuggled up in bed, now don't worry, there was nothing shown. This is CBS. They wouldn't go that far. They were fully clothed. They were fully clothed and everything. But as they kissed and snuggled up in bed a little bit, the fiance declared that she was melting. Yeah, the the fian the major dad's fiance, his love interest, was declaring declared that she was basically said that she was melting. Now, here's the thing. Had this been done in animated form, there is no doubt you'd probably see her slowly start to melt. You kind of see like a little pool being formed and everything because she's melting. But then she would quickly reform because the some kind of I don't know what it was in the in the episode, some kind of a device or some kind of thing disrupted their their incoming passion. If you get my my drift. Uh, anyway, you know if it were done if it was done in animated form, then there's no doubt that there's a possibility that the animators would have had like a little pool start to form under her, and you kind of see you probably start seeing her drip a little bit. Or sag a little bit on the back before she would reform because of the disturbance. Now, however, because that was done in live action, it never occurred. It never happened. But animation-wise, and if not comic book-wise, it does. You see, this is why it exists. This is why the lustful milk gag exists. To visually be a metaphor and represent how a character really feels. Nowadays, if you have an animated show 
if you had it nowadays, or at least in the past few years, if you have an animated show that features humans as the main characters, but you want to represent how maybe one character feels, feels with this gag, then the most logical step is to turn him into water. I'm not kidding. There is an episode of the Canadian series Groove High, which was aired here in the U.S. on Cartoon Network. Uh, Groove High, I think it's a few episodes in, where the main character, Tom, disguises, disguises himself very cleverly, very cleverly, I should say easy, well, easy for me to say, but very cleverly as another character named Dom basically an alter ego. Because there's an indication that Tom and his bandmate, because I think I think her name's Zoe, I believe. I think her name's Zoe or something. But his bandmate have a thing for each other. That there might be more there than just friendship. Well, as well, basically, long story short, as he disguises himself as as he disguises himself as Dom, as he disguises himself as Dom, he sees his friend. He sees his friend, I think, I'm trying to make sure I know the kid. Yeah, Zoe. Her name's actually Zoe, but it's Zoe. He sees her, and basically, to put the, t put his, because uh, he, to basically prove that he can even fool her, uh, if you will, he can even fool her into thinking he, into not recognizing him under the disguise. He compliments her, flirts with her a little bit, and then she suddenly melts and she suddenly turns all watery and melts and falls right into a puddle of water. Basic, okay, basically what happens is as he's, after he compliments her, she turns into basically like a, a little, uh, she basically, her whole body turns all watery and then collapses into, collapse into a puddle of water with just her eyes closed. Yeah, her eyes closed. And she turns into water and then collapses into the puddle of water, basically melting into a puddle. Basically melting at, basically melting into a puddle, and her eyes are closed. And then, of course, she reforms. But I know that sounded confusing, but that's basically how uh, cartoons these days, or uh, people these days, uh, do the lustful milk gag in an animated cartoon with, uh, with human characters. Well, mostly with shows like Groove High. Other shows may not go in that direction that much. Uh, Captain Flamingo didn't really go in that direction that much because there's an episode where he and uh, his friend Elizabeth are trying to help another friend, uh, you know, get the attention of another female character. And so he, so Flamingo uses an, a device he creates it's kind of a voice 
a synthesizer, basically a voice disguiser, if you will. And he says, go, he tells his friend, go ahead, test it on Elizabeth, see what happens. So he does, he tests it out. He basically uses what's known as the super suave mode. And it basically causes the friend Elizabeth to melt into a puddle with only her ponytail sticking out and slowly floating it, so sticking out of the puddle. And basically she's going to spread And as the puddle, she's spreading out a little bit, kind of flowing, you know, side to side, kind of downhill a little bit. And her ponytails are separating Aiden in the puddle because, you know, basically she's a puddle now. Now she does reform, but we don't see how she reforms. <laughs> see, that's the thing there. And then there's another one. Uh, I can't think of it right now. I, I have it somewhere. Let me let me look online here. But there's another one. It's also out of Canada. But basically this character she gets complimented and she melts as well but she doesn't melt completely she kind of melts down like as it's described in tv tropes like wax to where it's like a majority of her body's melted down but you see her legs sticking out kind of awkwardly and you kind of see her head sticking out and it's still kind of flowing down basically and she melts like wax to the floor as it puts it she's still and you see her afterwards She's still slowly melting down more. Let's see, um, Sidekick. That's the episode. That's the show, Sidekick. The character's named Vana, and basically it describes that she melts like wax. Basically, she melts into a puddle, but you kind of see her still in the process of melting on the floor because, like I said, her legs are awkward and everything, and her, her you know, she's still melting down, down a little bit. Now, again, this is now again. Um, this is uh, used again. Like I said, the lustful milk gang. The the reason why the reason why it exists is like I said, it's a metaphor. Now there are other indications, like uh, you know. That kind of get mistaken a little bit, like in in the, in the flipper cartoon. They did have a flipper cartoon, and I think it was out of another country. You have one of the main antagonists get fooled by a, 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 another character, it's a, another the female antagonist, who basically is like ugly or something. I'm not. It's depicted as ugly or not attractive. Disguise herself as being an attractive uh, jellyfish or something. And he basically, according to the thing, does a little full milk egg as well. But all he does is like kind of does the wave. It's like his body goes from side to side, but we don't see him melt. That's not a lustful milk egg. Let me correct that. That's not a lustful milk egg. That's not a lustful milk trope or anything. That's just like a deflation, if you will. Same with the episode of the mask at the end. You have this character called Kaboom, uh, and the mask basically strips her of her. I know it sounds weird, right? Basically, strips her of her outfit, and you don't see it, but you see. But apparently, 
the the two cops, the two antagonist cops, if you will, that are always after the mask, see her boobies, and uh, yeah, they do, but they don't. You don't see it. It's done where you see her back, but you don't see her front. And basically, they do a lustful milk gag as well, but it's not a lustful milk gag. It's a deflation. It's what it's called. It's called a lustful deflation. Okay? That's the big difference. A lustful milk gag, in the terms of cartoons, is basically where a character melts into a puddle. No matter if it's a full meltdown, complete meltdown, it's a partial meltdown, or whatever, it happens. Now, some might say, well, how can that be? Well, when when the characters do it like that, and to do the body waving back and forth, that's like a deflation. That's like a balloon deflating, okay? That's like a balloon deflating. So it's nothing, it, it, it's nothing on that situation. It, 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 so it's basically not in that same category. A lustful milk egg is when a character completely melts, either completely melts as a puddle or melts down into a puddle with, into a partial puddle where, where like, let's say with that Vanna character, when you see them, they're still in the process of melting. Although they don't completely melt, you know, the rest of the way. But that's what it is. Uh, another good example of this is one of the early interpretations being Swooner Crooner. Uh, in that, in, and that's a Porky Pig cartoon. Uh, but in that cartoon, you have this um, Frank Sinatra-like <coughs> uh, rooster swooning all the hens. And there's one hen, she's a black and brown hen, if you will. She gets swooned to the point that she melts into a rippling puddle. Yeah, she melts into a rippling puddle with a little uh, red frills left on top. But she melts into a rippling puddle. And she's only reformed when a Bing Cosby-like bird or rooster or whatever, pigeon, comes and basically competes or starts competing with the Frank Sinatra one. Another indication would be uh, the plain Daffy cartoon. You know, when the Matahari kisses Daffy, he melts into basically a complete liquid, sort of like a flat piano, flat-wise, if you will, but it's basically he melts into a puddle, and even though you see him, it looks like he got hit by a, 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 ran, a, a ran over by a piano or something, or a steamroller, and he's going down the stairs, basically he goes down into the cracks, but he only reforms when the Matahari he quickly kind of reforms himself, kind of rewinds himself, if you will, to stop the Matahari from getting the secrets, if you know what I mean. Or any kind of military secrets. Another indication, in my opinion, perfect, a perfectly good one, is Polly Woos, which is a Popeye cartoon from 1956. Now, this is one of the more tunier ones because it seemed that no matter what happened, uh, no matter what got said, uh, it occurred. You know, when at the beginning, when this international uh, television character is telling Olive and all the other ladies watching uh, that their eyes are, eyes are like limpid pools, her eyes turn into limpid pools. So you kind of get the gist of where, where this is going. Anyway, at the end of it, after, you know, 
um, after Bluto is revealed to be a fake international because all of, you know, because here's the catch of this. It's announced at the end of the program that Olive is watching that the international could show up at any time at that night at their house to take him out on a date. So Bluto overhears this outside of Olive's house, takes advantage of it. Uh, like I said, Bluto sees this, takes advantage of it, and almost fools. But like I said, almost ends up fooling Olive and and Popeye until Popeye eats his spinach during a sword fight and ends up revealing him to be the fake. Because I think Popeye pretty much kind of figured out at the end that something's not right here. You know, something seems a little too familiar. So anyway, long story short, Popeye ends up eating another can of spinach. After Olive compliments how wonderful he is, he ends up eating another can of spinach. He ends up becoming an international-like guy himself, kisses Olive on the hand, she turns all red, steam comes out of her ears, and then she says she feels like butter in his hands, and as she says this, she's melting into a, pu a pool of butter. She's, turning, she's melting into a pool of butter to the point that after she's completely melted, all you see is her smiling face on the top of the puddle, and it's just flowing down the, in the, down the floor with little dry spots appearing, <laughs> appearing at the beginning of the puddle and at the end of the puddle, even one that as you get closer to the cartoon fading to black, one that's close to, one dry spot that's close to her eyes, if you will. But yeah, she completely melts down into a, a pool of butter that flo flows down the floor to end the cartoon. Now, the more now the more useful version of this gag came, believe it or not, in Tiny Toons and Animaniacs. You know, you had Buster do it, basically, in the loony beginning, the pilot episode for Tiny Toons. After getting kissed by Babs, who disguised her, who kind of, kind of giving Buster an example of what her, of what, of what she can do, kind of impersonate and all that. After Babs kind of impersonates Jessica Rabbit, if you will, he ends up doing it. So he ends up being the first in the show, but female-wise, Babs is the first, and then, and she does it at the most awkward time. And and this, you know, even for me, you know, kind of gets me. Now I don't know if this is a a version of the lustful milk egg that's basically out of admiration, which I guess it is. But after she sees uh, the Tiny Toon characterizations of Prince Charles and the late Princess Princess Diana, she compliments something about royalty, and she ends up melting into a, pu a pink puddle. And she remains that way even after her friends friends run through her yeah her friends end up running through her you see what happens is like i said she ends up melting into a pink a complete pink puddle and then after that her friends follow suit after the royal couple and as a following suit after the royal couple they end up running through her and you see like little spots of her splatting everywhere until after her friends are so far away she ends up reforming forming back into herself now she does this again um, in the final Tiny Toons episode, which is the Christmas special, well at least one of the final ones. The final one actually, when one thinks about it, is Night Goolery and even before that, uh, the Spring Break one. 
So the Chris, for my guess, my regular episodic wise, episodic wise, wonderful Tiny Toon Christmas is the last episode. But anyway, she ends up melting into a puddle right through her clothes to to the point that as she becomes a puddle, like I said, she melts right through her clothes, clothes and all this that land, and it's all that's left of her after she melts into a puddle is her clothes on top of her puddle form and her eyes falling down and landing on top of a puddle form as well. Yeah, she melts in, at the end of the Christmas one after Buster gives him gives her his Christmas gift to her, which is a kiss. She ends up melting into a pink, ends up melting into a puddle, melts right through her clothes, her clothes fall on top of her puddle form, and her eyes fall on top as well. So she ends up doing it. Now, of course, you have other characters as well. Plucky's done it about twice. He's done it uh, in the Acme Bowl. He's done it in. He's done it in Pluck Tracy. So he's done it. But I'll get to those reasonings in a minute. Well, at least the Acme Bowl one. So. Tiny Toons actually revived it in a sense. Now, I don't know if any other show before that revived it, but Tiny Toons revived it. And then Animaniacs took it upon themselves to do it even more. Uh, in one of the first episodes of Shorts called Space Probe, um, Dot is kind of abducted. Well, they're already her and her brothers are already abducted, but is taken by some aliens to... Uh, another portion of the spaceship with a machine that projects the person's thoughts onto the screen. So they project Dot's um, thoughts onto the screen, and when Dot suggests, hey, this is pretty cool, how about this thought? And all of a sudden you see it looks like a muscle-bound or buffed-up Mel Gibson-like character on the screen that she's hugging. She ends up melting into a puddle. She ends up stuck. And here's what's funny, though. She ends up steaming a little bit when she before as she's melting, and she melts into a white puddle with only her ears flopped it with the, only her with only her ears remaining, and her flower that goes between her ears remaining on top, and the little uh, um, a machine that they put on her head falls down on her, and then they and the aliens have to lift it up to see exact because they're pretty much confused, going like. What did we do? Did we kill her or something like that? So they have to lift up that little helmet, and then that's how she reforms. But of course, the most noted one out of this all is Minerva Mink. Now, Minerva, <coughs> well, she's not alone in this. Aaron, now, she's not alone in this. In the first one, which was Moon over Minerva, that in Moon, in her first one, which is Moon over Minerva, which production-wise is actually the second one, but air-wise, broadcast-wise, is the first one. Uh, the nerd, the nerdy uh, geek, uh, Neo, uh, called Wilford, he ends up melting melting into a puddle after she flirts with him a little bit, or teasingly flirts with him, and he melts completely into a puddle, and all that's left on the puddle is his head, and he's still able to talk. But when she does it after encounter, but when she does it after encountering his werewolf alter ego, yeah, because Wilford's a werewolf. We find this out later. 
she ends up melting into a complete puddle to the point that she doesn't talk. She doesn't talk at all. She ends up basically being a complete puddle to the point that Wilford, in his alter ego, has to pick her up like a wet towel and wring her out, out oh, just to restore her. Yeah. He, basically, she melts so much. She melts into such a complete puddle, a kind of creamy, multicolored puddle, if you will, that Wilford, in his alter ego, has to pick her up, wring her out like a towel, just to just to restore her. Now, this goes back to something similar that Plucky did in the Acme Bowl in the Acme Bowl episode of Tiny Toons. You see, after being fondled or seduced by a perfecto prep, an attractive perfecto, an attractive perfecto prep female, uh, in a hot tub, if you will. Yeah, they they do a hot tub scene here with, with them showing with the perfecto prep guys showing Plucky the the benefits of being at the what being part of the school would be, or basically the benefits, or what benefits he would get being part of the school. And after being teasingly uh, flirted or fondled with by this attractive perfecto prep female, he ends up melting into a green puddle in the in in the hot tub, and is only reformed when Roddy, which is the main leader of the perfecto prep school, scoops him up in a cup and pours him out. Yeah, because the next time we see him as in that puddle form, we only see his eyes on the puddle, and he's just like kind of on top of, on top of the hot tub just like he's a part of it and like I said the Roddy character has to pull him up with uh, reform him by scooping him up in a cup and pour, pouring him out and that that's a portion of the lustful milk gag that that I call a permanent lustful melt let me explain like I said, that this is what I call a permanent lustful melt. The lustful melt gag, or a permanent um, lustful melt, a PML, a PML, if you will, a permanent lustful melt. And basically, what that is is where a character like, let's say, Minerva and Moon over Minerva and Plucky and Acme Bowl melt into such a complete puddle that it takes somebody else to reform them. You know, I even joked about this one time when I was uh, doing a... Because they used to have... Wikipedia used to have an individual page uh, based on cartoon characters. And one, they had an individual page on Minerva. And I added to that page... Eight or something. I think I may have added to that page. I'm not really sure. That... Um, the character, the Wilford character, even in his werewolf form, could have walked off and went and saw a movie, went and got something to eat for the next two hours, and came back, and Minerva would still be in her melted state. Yeah, that's basically it. She would have still been in her melted state. Same with Plucky. Those guys could have left him, gone and planned, got ready, got themselves... You know, well, basically, they could have gone, you know, that, like I said, that's the same with Plucky. You know, those Perfecto Prep characters, they could have left, 
uh, started doing some planning for the game against Acme Lou, and they could have came back maybe a few hours later, and Plucky would still be in that hot tub as a green puddle with just eyes on top of him, on top of it. That's basically what you call the permanent, the PML, the permanent lustful milk gag. Now, I don't know of any other examples of it out there, but it is there. Now, other shows have done this throughout uh, the years, throughout the 90s and the 2000s. Uh, Casper's animated series did this with Casper with po- and, the, and the cartoon short po- po- Pearl, Pearl Jammed, <coughs> if you will. Uh, they did this with Casper there because Pearl was kind of seducing him into helping her learn to be scary, and there you go. Um, you've had this as an example. They, you know, for, I'll give you another example. They they used this because I'm surprised they don't bring this up at Bonkers because Bonkers did this one time in Ski Patrol. I'm sure somebody listening will add that to TV tropes. So they've used this gag throughout. They you used it in the Quack Pack episode, uh, Heavy Dental with Huey. Um. Uh, where he's melted into his steaming puddle of water when he sees uh, Agent X, who he doesn't know is a gyroid android at the time. Um, let's see. Let me check here. Hold on. They used it there. Uh, they used it in Droopy Master Detective um, with the character... Let me see if I get this right. With the character uh, Rumpley in the uh, Screwball Squirrel uh, short called A Screwball Romance when he sees uh, a cute poodle named Fifi. Uh, they do this in Spliced to Patricia when she sees Eldorado during the Amazon during the Amazon episode. They do this to Felix not once but twice in the Twisted Tales, Tales of Phoenix uh, the cat. They do this to Rocco in Rocco's Modern Life in the episode Swack. They do this in Ed, Ed, and Eddie to both Eddie and Kevin in Pop Goes the Ed when they see Nas in her bikini. They do this in the fractured episode of Teen Titans where Larry, which is basically like um, a Batmite version of Robin, does this after getting a hug from Starfire. Um, it also uh, goes as far as to say Charlie Horse in the Bob Clampett cartoon. It's a grand old nag. After he, uh, you know, after he gets a kiss from his Hollywood crush, Hey De La Mare, because he saved her from a fire. And it happens in the wacky world of Tex Avery in the Pow Pooch segment, PP Loves Fifi, where he ends up melting. It, yeah, so, you know, there's, there's a lot out there. You know, they even do it in, in movies. As a matter of fact, it happens to the animated Lizzie in the Lizzie McGuire movie. And it happens in comic strips to, like, to the, to the character in, 
Nimi, uh, Nimi in her comic strip ends up doing it while watching uh, Carl Drago on television. I think they should also add in comic strips if they want to add it in. It does happen sort of to Minerva Mink in one of her comic, uh, sto comic book stories uh, where she's shopping at the mall and she ends up doing it there as well. But it's like her neck's the only thing, her head and neck are the only ones uh, remaining after she completely melts a little bit. And she's asking, is it hard here or is it just, you know, the, the guy she sees? So, yeah, the, the gag is... So yeah, that's basically examples of where the gag's been used and basically the reason why the gag exists, why the lustful milk gag or trope exists. It exists because of the fact that it's a metaphor, metaphor, it's a visual metaphor for how certain characters feel. Like I said, you go back to Major Dad when his fiance love interest said that she was melting. If that was done in animated form, she would have melted. You would have started seeing her start to pull, a little pull start to develop, and she would start, you kind of see her kind of start to slowly drip a little bit or kind of start running a little bit before, you know, that disturbance or something. So basically, that's why the lustful milk gag exists in media today. It's to visually represent how a character is feeling, how a character feels attractive wise to another. Now, yes, just because I know someone might bring this up. Now, yes, um, the females, the female characters are always the ones that are mostly used for this. And I completely understand that. But the male characters have had their fair share as well. Now, the heck, there's even a, an old cartoon of Popeye where he ends up, I, I don't know if it's a Cinderella parody or what. And when Olive sees him, she ends up kissing him, and he ends up melting into a red puddle uh, through his armored suit. Basically, he's wearing a, a knight's the, a knight's armor, and when she kisses him, he ends up melting. So again, men have had, the male characters have had their fair share as well, but it seems that the female ones are always the ones that end up doing it mostly. And I guess according to TV tropes, this is why. This is what TV Tropes says at the beginning of their article of it, and, and I quote, it says, it's a fairly common staple of Western animation. This trope involves a character being so enamored or attracted with another, the whole body turns into a puddle of goo. Can be used, now pay attention to this, can be used as the female equivalent of something else, of something else rises. It is often seen, and often is, as seen in a lot of Warner Brothers 1990s cartoons like Animaniacs and, Animaniacs and Tiny Toons. Now they do say that male characters can experience this too, but it's either used as a censor decoy, if the censors don't want implications of, you know, erections or to be shown, or if the writer wants to move past metaphorically showing an erection or ejaculation and go straight to metaphorically showing an orgasm post-cletal post come, come down. I know that's kind of sounded weird and disgusting. I do apologize. But that's basically what it says on the TV Tropes article. But you notice that they say that male, they say after the top part, they say male characters can experience this too.
but it's used as a sensor decoy. But for female characters, it's used as the equivalent of something else rises. So yeah, basically the basically they describe it mostly according to TV tropes as something that's used to uh, equivalent uh, basically. Well, like I said, according to them, it basically is the equivalent of something else rises. That is why mostly a lot of the female, uh, mostly, not saying all, but mostly a, all, a majority of the characters that, that use this are female characters in animation, if not in comics. And again, like I said, a male character can also experience this as well. They say that on TV tropes, but it's basically as a sensor decoy. So, yeah, that's why the lustful milk gag exists. It's basically a metaphorical visual representation of how somebody feels being attracted to another. And according to TV tropes, it's the female equivalent of something else rises. I don't know. And for males, is a sensor decoy for certain situations like I mentioned. But that's basically why the lustful male gag exists. I know it doesn't make sense, and I do apologize if this audio video went a little too long, but that's why this, this thing exists. That's why it's here. You know, I know some people may not feel like it makes a lot of sense. I know some people may feel like, why in the world would they even think about that? Why would they even come to that conclusion? What... I mean, he, he, I know one question a lot of people have is, who came up with this idea? Who came up with the idea to visually represent represent a character melting into a puddle after they see another? Who came up with that idea? We may never know, but who came up with it, in my opinion, did the right thing. They did the right thing because in live action and all that, you can't really see that. But animation and comic book wise, you can. So uh, that's basically all I'm going to say on why the lustful milk egg exists. Let me know what you guys think down below. Again, I apologize if this went a long time.